Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Palmer bet on the edge of the box. Oh, it's a straight up screamer. Download our app today and enjoy straight up screamers this FIFA World Cup with great odds, great promos and same game multi at Palmerbet. Gamble responsibly. For gambler's help, call 1-800-858-858. And, um, and well, Melbourne really was the sporting capital. It lived up to its name on the weekend when the eyes of the sporting world were on Rod Laver Arena for one of the, uh, one of the fights of the... Uh, it's, always a, it's always a big moment, a world championship fight. Um, for uh, for the lightweight title, the undisputed title between George Cambosos and Devin Haney, the second meeting between the pair after they met in uh, in Melbourne at Marble Stadium earlier this year. The second fight around, Devin Haney retains his titles against Australian George Cambosos. Uh, was that Rod Laver Arena this time? I was there. I was there for Marvel uh, a couple of months ago. I was there on the weekend at Rod Laver Arena. Enjoyed both of them. Quite enjoyed uh, Rod Laver Arena as a boxing venue, as a matter of fact. Um, but on the card as well was uh, not only George Cambosis and Devin Haney, there was a, a great card of, uh, of a couple of Australian fighters and uh, two of them which fought right before George Cambosis were the Maloney twins, Andrew and Jason, who are both in the midst and have had world title fights before and are looking for their next one coming up. And we've got both of them on the line with us now here on the Sporting Capital. Andrew, Jason, good evening. How's things? G'day, Jordan. Thanks for having us on, mate. We're going great. Excellent to have you on. I was, uh, I think we're all mightily impressed with your efforts on the weekend, both of you who both got the win uh, against your respective opponents, Andrew against uh, Norbelto Jimenez and Jason against uh, Nawapon Kakaina from uh, Thailand. Um, it was great to see Aussies uh, getting wins on the cards and, uh, and you two both part of uh, well entrenched in the Australian boxing scene at the moment, so congrats to both of you. Andrew, I'll start with you. You were first up uh, on the cards uh, against Nobelto Jimenez. Went the distance, won it by unanimous decision. How close to plan did that fight go for you on Sunday? Yeah, that's right. It was uh, a great day for Australian boxing and a, a great day for myself and Jason and our team and everyone involved. Um, yeah, he took on a tough opponent. He was rated number two in the world. Uh, he'd only had one loss in the last 11 years. So I went into the fight knowing it was going to be a tough one. And to be honest, it probably ended up being a little bit easier than uh, I expected. So everything went yeah well and truly to plan. You made a statement early in the piece by dropping Jimenez in the first and then the second round and then held it down really throughout the uh, remaining rounds. How much uh, did it feel like the fight was, was progressing on your terms as the fight went on? Yeah, I mean, it was a great way to start the fight. He um, he had a point deducted in the first round um, and then I dropped him with a jab. So that's already a 10-7 round to start things off, which sort of took the pressure off me a little bit there. Um, you know, starting the first round already three points ahead is a great way to start a fight. So I certainly felt, you know, the the uh, the pressure was off a little bit there and, and then just felt totally, totally in control for the rest of the fight. So... Yeah, really happy with the way the fight played out. You kept things tight and controlled. A nice tight guard as well, kept on the inside of Jimenez. How well executed did that game plan go? And was it comfortable uh, fighting like that against Jimenez, who has uh, a little bit of height on you? 
Yeah, that's right. He's, he's really tall and um, and had a really long rate, reach for that weight division. So I knew I was going to have to keep my defence tight and try and sort of press the action and get up really close to him and, and get to work. And I felt like I did that, you know, well, everything that we trained to do in the gym, you know, paid off on fight night as it usually does. So, um, yeah, really, really happy with the result. And uh, now I'm just really excited for what's to come. Hopefully that uh, that fight will earn me the opportunity to fight for a world title early next year and um, I'll just continue to get back in the gym now and, and get ready for that to make sure that I continue to improve. Absolutely. I'll ask you about that in a moment as well. Just the last one on the uh, on the weekend's fight though. Jimenez, he was getting up to his hijinks, wasn't he? He had a couple of times uh, there were some late punches thrown when when the, when the ref had called you to split. He was complaining a bit to the referee as well. He was getting a bit verbal. Um, in the moment when it might have been... Uh, frustrating from your side of things to to watch all that happening and have your fight be sort of punctured by these moments from Jimenez. What was the key thing that you needed to remember to keep your head uh, firmly screwed on the shoulders as well? Yeah, I mean, it was a bit disappointing that he, he was carrying on a bit and he was sort of he was a very experienced fighter. He had 46 pro fights, so he, he knew what he was doing. He was just trying to get the pace to slow down and, and taking breaks wherever he could. Um, to try and ease the pressure that I was putting on him. So, very smart fighter. Um, you know, after a round or two, I really thought I was going to get the stoppage win and, and end the fight early. But he used his experience to, you know, slow things down and survive the distance. So, that was frustrating. But, you know, when someone's complaining like that and, and really needing to take breaks, that just gave me more confidence that what I was doing was really getting to him. So, if anything, he just gave me more and more confidence as the fight went on. Jason, I'll welcome you in now. You're up next against uh, Nawapon Kaikana from Thailand. Another very entertaining fight. Uh, this one was right before the main event, but this one uh, was, was an excellent, excellent fight itself. It appeared like you were in control the whole time. Did it feel that way, Jason? Yeah, it did, mate. I'm pretty happy with how it played out, and I just had to do, you know, have a really disciplined fight and, and not take too many unnecessary risks because what I was doing was working with my movement and, and boxing and, and moving, but he was such a dangerous opponent, and he really had a lot of power. Um, so, yeah, I had to, had to sort of be on my game and remain focused throughout the whole 12 rounds because, um, yeah, obviously one second in boxing can change the whole fight and, and really derail my dreams. So I really had to um, stay switched on, and which I did. So I was very happy with that and, yeah, very happy with the outcome. You said post-fight it didn't feel like it was the most exciting fight of your career. Was that down to yeah. uh, the opposition or was it s something that you felt like you were lacking? Oh, look, I, I, I'm just a, a harsh critic of my own performances. Uh, I know some of the boxing purists would have liked that um, performance. I know uh, my assistant coach, Nobby, loved it. Um, some of the Haney camp actually came up, up to me after the fight and said how well I boxed and, you know, how impressed they were. So, you know, some people love watching that, you know, this, that's the art of the game is to hit and not get hit and that's the real sweet science of our sport. But mm. obviously a lot of people love the knockouts and they love, you know, seeing two people just go toe-to-toe -to -toe and that's sort of what I meant by it wasn't maybe the most entertaining. I do like to, to get the knockouts and I do like to sort of go to war a bit. But at the end of the day, you have to, um, you know, be smart in this sport. Um, and I didn't take too much punishment. I beat the world number two and, and now I move on to fight for the world title next. So it was a good, good result.
You looked sharp physically as well on the outside for most of the fights. Uh, there was a, a bit of movement happening around the outside of your opponent. You never wilted in those moments either, kept your, uh, kept your footwork and didn't look like you were out of breath through much. How close to peak condition do you think you're in right now? Yeah, I felt fantastic. I honestly did the 12 rounds so comfortably and was barely blown out of candle at the end of the fight, to be honest. It, it sort of felt weird to finish a fight with so much more in the tank, but as I said, I, what I was doing was working and didn't want to take too many unnecessary risks. But um, I'm in, yeah, tremendous shape and, and ready to go. And I think, you know, beating the world number two so convincingly really made a bit of a statement and, and showed that I'm ready for anyone in the division and, and I'm ready for a world title around my waist. Jason, can I ask you, what, uh, I've seen Jonathan Brown on your... Uh uh, on your ring walk, uh, the last couple of fights, he was there in uh, earlier this year in at Marvel, and he was there again carrying the Aussie flag as you walked up at Rod Laver Arena. What's the link with uh, with you and, and John O'Brown? <laughs> well, Brownie's a good mate of our coaches, Angelo Hyder. They've gone back for, for years now. They're, they're good mates, and Brownie's yeah, just been a great supporter of mine and Andrews. And um, yeah, we asked him to, to, to carry the flag out for us last time and it was a great day uh, out at Marvel. We got the win. So he's um, he's been the flag bearer for our team four times now and we've won all four fights. So, yeah, he's got the gig and he's bringing us a bit of luck, I think. So, yeah, it's great to have him walking us out and um, great to have him supporting us. Do you, do, you guys, uh, do you guys swap athletic notes at all? Has he been involved in some in some training sessions with you at all? Yeah, it was actually, yeah, had him in the gym and held pads for Brownie. He, um, yeah, he packed a bit of a punch. But, he, yeah, he has actually given us a bit of advice just on, just on training, obviously not uh, too boxing-specific, but just, you know, ways that, I guess, he looked after his body throughout his career and, and maybe what he would have done differently um, had he had his time again. And, yeah, he's been, he's been great, great to us. And, um, yeah, obviously any advice from someone like Brownie you're going to listen to because he's just a legend of the sport. On to the future now, and I'll go back to you, Andrew. You've uh, you've held the WBA regular super flyweight title before, and you had that trilogy against Joshua Franco. He's still the champ in this division. What's the next step for you now on your journey back towards a world title fight? Yeah, that's right. Um, yeah, so my opponent on the weekend was rated number two in the WBO, three in the WBC, and eight in the WBA. So I believe a win over him will push me up really high in all the rankings. Um, probably the WBO is the route we've been going after uh, as of recently. Um, I believe, fingers crossed, I should move to number one in the division in the WBO. And the champion there is Kazuto Iota, uh, a Japanese fighter who I would love the opportunity to face. Um, there's rumours now that he might be fighting Josh Franco on New Year's Eve in Japan. So uh, the winner of that fight is, is going to be the one that I want. And as much as I'd love to fight Oka, I'd also love to fight Josh Franco. And to get a win over him would be just the sweetest victory of them all. So let's hope we can make that happen. I know in my heart that I've got what it takes to beat Franco. Even though he won that, he beat me last time out, I still feel like I've got what it takes to beat him. And I'd love the opportunity to do that again. What's involved in uh, in how you choose or which which road you take uh, for your next opponent, obviously, with the different organisations, there's there's different rankings. Some are similar, some are very different. Um, with uh, with sort of who's next up, I guess, in in the challenger stakes for the title. How do you guys come to a decision to say, okay, we're going to pursue, uh, you know, the, the the WBC over the WBA or, or whichever combination? How do you come to that decision as a team? Oh, 
oh, we've got a manager who, who looks after that and obviously our promoter top rank. But for me, it's whoever gives me the opportunity to fight for world title next. Uh, you know, it's my dream to become world champion again. Um, you know, having that belt for that short period in 2019, 2020, just and then losing it has just made me even more hungry. So I just want to become world champion again as soon as possible. So whoever gives me the opportunity to fight him first is the one I'm going to take. And Jason, for you, a similar story in your division. Naoya Inoue is the bantamweight champion. He's uh, one of the most exciting fighters uh, going around in boxing right now worldwide, but is expecting to move up a division. So uh, in your division, the bantamweight, it's almost in a state of flux at the, at the moment. So for the time being, are you, are you playing the waiting game to see how all that transpires? Uh, well, there shouldn't be too much of a wait, really. I knew he's going to fight uh, Paul Butler December 13 in Japan. And um, once he wins that fight, which I really believe he will, um, as do most, uh, he's going to move up to the next weight division, as you said. So there'll be four belts in the division that all become vacant and um, just leaves a giant hole in the division for someone to come through and become the new king of the bantamweights. And I'm ready for that to be me. Uh, I'll, I'll be standing there at the top of the tree, sitting at world number one and, and in the mandatory position for that world title. So as soon as he relinquishes them and moves up, uh, I'll be standing there ready to get all four belts and um, take over this division for the years to come. So, it's, yeah, very exciting time for me and this division. So so could your next fight, Jason, be a, a title fight or would there be another one before that? Yeah. No, my next fight will 100% be for the WBC world title. So, yeah, very exciting, yeah. The dream will come true, and Australia will have a new world champion early next year. Excellent. That's that's great to hear. Uh, Andrew, just as we finish off, I'll come back to you. You're both Melbourne boys, and this year has been incredible for Australian boxing with these uh, world title fights happening here uh, in Australia and, and the eyes of the world being on Australian fighters, not just um, fighting in Australia, but there's been uh, there's been various uh, boxers who have, who have caught the attention. Obviously, Jay Pattaya is a world title. Tim Zhu is... Um, catching the attention. You guys are, are right in the mix again. You have been world champions. You're going back there again. And then there's the next generation coming through. We had uh, Liam Paro a few nights ago put his name in on the map as well. Um, it's, it's in a really good spot at the moment. Is Australian boxing... Uh, are we in a... We've always spoken about Australian boxing being on the rise. Is it time now to change that from being on the rise to Australian boxing being here, right here, right now? Yeah, absolutely. I think you're right. It's right here, right now. Australian boxing is on fire at the moment. And we, yeah, we have a couple of world champions and, and we have quite a few fighters really on the doorstep of, of fighting for world titles as well. So within the next six months or so, Australian boxing could not just be putting us up on the map, but, but really putting us up, up there as one of the best nations for boxing. Um, and it's just so exciting. You know, we've had we've been lucky over the last year or so. We've had these these huge events in Australia, and if we can get hold of these world titles, then these, these events will just be happening more and more often. And Australian boxing will really be looked at as the hotbed for the talent in world boxing. And and then, you know, helping to grow the sport here in this country is something that me and Jason are really passionate about. And I feel like the game is really starting to shift and, and gaining a lot of momentum at the moment. So it's really exciting. And Jason, so as I said, both from Melbourne, Marvel Stadium a few months ago, Rod Laver Arena on Sunday. I, I was at both. I actually, 
a Marvel Stadium, as great as it is to have a, a massive crowd, and you always want the bigger crowd. But I, as a boxing venue, I actually I quite liked Rod Laver Arena. It was a great viewing venue. The atmosphere was brilliant. Um, how enjoyable was it just for you guys uh, to be able to fight in the venue with a nice crowd and a great environment? Oh, mate, just this year has just been phenomenal. Um, yeah, as you said, to fight at Marvel Stadium and then to back that up and fight at Rod Laver Arena, I could not have dreamt of a better year for uh, for myself and for Andrew. So, yeah, we're so grateful for these opportunities that we've had. And maybe, I think Rod Laver goes in as maybe one of the best fight venues in the world. I yeah. certainly hope that we can um, have have more shows there and, and myself and Andrew can headline our own events there because, yeah, walking out there on Sunday and fighting in, in that atmosphere um, at that venue was, yeah, just absolutely incredible, something I'll never forget. So... Hopefully we can do it again very soon. Andrew, Jason, it's been a pleasure talking to you guys both tonight. Uh, congrats again on the fight you had on the weekend. And now the next uh, the next step, hopefully, for both of your world title fights, which I'm sure will be the next step. And we know that you're going to be back there and, uh, and with belts around your waist again. So keep the flag flying high for Australian boxing, as I'm sure you both will. And good luck for what's to lie ahead for you guys. Thanks, George. Really appreciate you having us on, mate. Yeah, thank you, mate. We will. Excellent stuff. Andrew and Jason Maloney, both uh, in action on the weekend at Rod Laver Arena and will be again in the next uh, couple of uh, weeks and months towards 2023, going back for world title fights uh, in their divisions. So, uh, yeah, excellent. Uh, there was a great event, really, on the weekend. We didn't get the result in the main events, the uh, George Cambosis fight against Devin Haney, but uh, Jason Maloney in the bantamweight and Andrew Maloney in the super flyweight, both uh, of world-class uh, talents. Sometimes needing new tyres can catch us by surprise. That's why tyre power gives you the power of zip pay and zip money. You can get what you need now, get back on the road safely and pay for it later. Terms and conditions apply. So visit tyrepower.com.au or call 13 91